Hey, what's up? This is your host, Kat Jones. Today is April 29th, 2020. Hats off, strangers, for queer all year. This is Kat, and that was another failed intro, but it's okay. It ties in with today, and I am joined, as always, by my bro and sound producer and co-host, and just probably sick of me by this point, Mick G. Oh, that's not what I'm sick of. This, what I'm sick of is this slug that is eating my brain, like, uh, <laughs> that came out. Not the way I wanted it to, but... Like from the, Futurama? No, just this noise that is always coming through Kat's computer that is going... I don't know. It's just background noise from her fan being on. It sounds... I don't my know. It just gets into my runs mind constantly. and start. I, I can't describe the noise. It's... Well, McGee's headphones are weird, too. Yeah. Like... It's, it's the, like the noise that Zoom is turning it into. It's becoming digitized mm -hmm. on its way here. And so now it sounds like um, aliens yeah. talking while putting their fingers on a chalkboard and... Uh, um, well, and also you've got like super, like super duper headphones and sound stuff because you're, you are actually like a sound producer. So like, Yeah, but I still have it like turned down to try to not hear that. <laughs> And meanwhile, I'm over here with my $3 headphones I got from Five Below that have a unicorn horn on it. So She's in a legit little uh, little area there. She's in a closet, so that's... Um, I'm thinking about calling it my pod cave. Pod cave. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's the, the closet. It's my closet, and I put Christmas lights up, and then I think I talked about this last time. Well, people I use closets for vocal booths all the time, so... I mean, well, I keep um, I keep hearing, like, every single time I'm listening to a podcast with multiple hosts now, they're all like, all right, I'm in my closet, and I've got blankets surrounding me. I'm in a <laughs> blanket fort. And I guess that's how... Um, I keep talking about this podcast because I'm in love with it because it's just so nice to have something nice. But um, Fake Doctors, Real Friends with um, Zach Braff and Donald Faison if that's how you oh. pronounce their name, from Scrubs. Yeah. You know, they rewatch Scrubs and they talk about it. Apparently Donald is, like, hidden in a closet with surrounded by blankets, hoping his kids stay asleep during their naps while he <laughs> records, I guess. Oh. And I'm over here hoping the cat doesn't come sneeze concrete boogers on me and my husband doesn't go to bed early. So. Such a... COVID! Yeah. <laughs> We are obviously the ones dealing with the roughest part of it. Yeah. <laughs> no one has it as tough as us. Guaranteed. Your only problem is worrying about the dog barking. Yeah, I don't have any problem. Uh, he's he's so passed out. He has had a hard couple days. He was running around all day yesterday, and then the cat he's came. He's running and, around all day today. Uh, I wouldn't had him let him sleep. Like yeah, it's a... <laughs> I had him outside for like five hours, and then he started eating sticks, and then he threw up, and then we put him inside. Yeah. I was like, you're an idiot. Sounds so. like Ike. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's crazy. Uh, So we have like a super long, super yeah, British story today. So let's just dive in there. Yeah. This is fun. This is about Stella and Fanny, and it's not fun. But uh -huh. um, I have a, I have a big, fun Thing talk about halfway through it to how could make something this... titled Stella and Fanny not be fun? Like you're it's bumming horrible. me out by telling me that 
It's pretty, I mean, like, the, mm, their existence is pretty good. The thing they go through isn't pretty good. And oh. so then I put a lot of levity in the middle of it, hopefully. And we're going to try and get through this in half an hour. We'll see. All right. All right. So this is an 1870 Stella Clinton and Fanny Winifred Park, Thomas Ernest Bolton and Frederick William Park, respectively. So those are their pseudonyms. Uh, were two cross-dressers and gay men. Uh, living in London. Thomas had liked wearing women's clothing since he was like little, just young kid with that his his mom uh, made him do impressions of the maids and her friends and all sorts of stuff. And made him? Maids. They're maids. Oh, gotcha. Oh, forced him. For, she didn't force him, but like made as in forced, but like told him to. And he was young enough that, you know, she made him do it. All right, okay. But he seemed to have fun with it, and he liked wearing women's clothes, and she just got a kick out of it. I don't think she... I don't think she was supportive of cross-dressing or anything. I think she just thought it was hilarious that this little <laughs> boy was dressing in women's clothes and making fun of the maids, basically. So they were kind of so like then, bourgeois, <laughs> kind of well-to-do. Um, his, um, his dad had been a lawyer, I think. His uncle had a stockbroking firm like they weren't like the aristocracy but like they had maids you know okay like like they're they're the kind of money that money looks down on you know yeah <laughs> so like he, from from this young age he went by the nickname stella when he was wearing um women's clothing uh, as he grew up he worked at a as a clerk at his uncle's stockbroking firm, and then he left to become a clerk at a bank, and um, he seemed to be pretty bored with all that. Um, so that was Thomas. Frederick was the son of a barrister, which is a type of lawyer, and he worked as a law student clerk for a solicitor, which is another type of lawyer. Um, and I can't find how they met, except that they met when they were young, and they liked to, they became like best friends, and they formed this crazy popular drag double act so i guess drag at the time in england was like you know kind of not not like it is today but i mean like it was you know something people went and watched and had fun with and like there were quite a few you know they called them cross dressers drag queens whatever um you know just kind of you know so um I need to remember, I found, there's this great photo, I guess it's kind of famous, of the two of them, and I need to put it on social media. I've forgotten to put everything everywhere every time I say it, but I need to do it because they were both so gorgeous. They're in their dresses, and you just, I mean, like, they look exactly like, you know, 1870s women. Like, they totally, like, their drag was awesome. And um, so Stella who was Thomas, was uh, considered, like, exceptionally beautiful. Like, like she was the, the prettier one, I guess. Um, and apparently she had an amazing soprano voice. So that's pretty cool. Um, they started it when they were in their 20s, uh, and then they started cross-dressing in public, which was not cool. It was okay to dra do drag and, like, do shows and stuff. It was not cool to, like dress like women conventional women's clothes or whatever uh on the street so then stella who who is thomas 
started a relationship with MP Lord Arthur Clinton, which sounds like a real catch, at least in terms of the title. Uh, MP yeah, means qu- quite a title. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm I'm like MP Lord. So is part of me is like, is Lord his name or, you know, but I don't know. <laughs> MP means member of parliament. Um, which is someone who is elected to the House of Commons. And uh, since I have said the words House of Commons, once I got to go. So I learned new. Oh, I see what I you're saying. About this yeah, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have been in the House of Commons if he was actually a lord. Is that yeah, what you're see, getting at? Yeah, I'm not at? sure. Can, can a lord be elected to the House of Commons? I have no clue. But I did find I out. I suppose I, he could be. I talked before about like the whole ceremony about how like the opening of parliament and they have to go knock on the door of the house of commons and stuff. I found out so much more about it and it's so crazy. And so I have to put that in here because it's going to get dark. And so I'm going to talk about how crazy the opening ceremony of parliament is. (laughs) Okay. So it takes, it takes place in the house of Lords, but both the houses, the house of Lords and the house of commons have to be there. And the monarch is there to read a speech that has been pre-written by the government outlining what parliament is going to talk about that session. So it's like an elaborate scheme to look like the monarch is telling them what to talk about, but they've already told her what to tell them to talk about, (laughs) basically. Well, it wouldn't be British if it wasn't convoluted. Yeah, yeah. It, oh my gosh, it's just so symbolic. Like, I don't know. Anyway, so uh, McGee and I argued about this next part, so maybe we won't put in. I was going to put in a clip from V for Vendetta, but um, oh. I'm just going to say it because I'm right. Unless you want to put it in. We could both say our version and then see what the listeners think. Okay. Remember that I have the degree in English and emphasize on poetry and yeah. Trained under the poet laureate, whatever. Okay, so before the whole thing kicks off, the yeoman of the guard, who is like the yeoman of the guard or the monarch's bodyguards, basically, they search under the Palace of Westminster to make sure the Guy Fox hasn't come back to life and is trying to carry out a new gunpowder plot. Um, and I guess now we're going to give our how did renditions that, well, of this first, poem. How, how could that have become a tradition? Like, why would... Was there well, a point in time I mean, when they believed that was going to happen? Not that he was going to come back to life. Like, I'm joking. But, like, they do literally go search it symbolically to make sure no one's trying to blow it up in another gunpowder oh, treason. okay. So it's no, not I'm specifically make, I'm making fun him. of them. Gotcha. Okay. No, I'm, I'm making fun of Britain. Fair enough. And their insanity. So, the... So, the poem... Originally, the way it was written is different than the way I know it, but the way I know it is how it's said now and how it's said in the movie V for Vendetta. And don't come at me. The graphic novel is better. I like them both separately. I am able to separate them into their own whatever. Shut up. I will fight you. Um, <laughs> so the way I know it is remember, remember the 5th of November, November, the gunpowder treason and plot. I know of no reason why the gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. Now, G. Oh, um, I didn't really know that's what we were arguing. So basically all I was saying is that in that movie somewhere, there's a point where after the Remember, Remember the 5th of November, they get down there and they there's some point where they say, I see no reason never to remember the gunpowder treason on the 5th of November. 
It's like just That's another not... way of ending it or something. I, f- I kind of feel like you just like listened to a weird Kanye song or had a fever dream or something. No, I specifically remember um, the um, that they won't never remember. They won't never remember. Yeah. You're, I don't see, see a I reason like to never remember the gunpowder treason on the 5th of November. Don't see a reason. I feel like we're in 30 Rock when they form that band that's like never, never stop. Oh. N- uh, like, yeah, I don't know. Ne- I can't remember. <laughs> it's never too late for now, I think it is, or whatever. And they're just like, I don't know, debating the like a one word, basically. Yeah. And the, yeah. Anyway, anyway. So gunpowder plot was when Guy Fox tried to blow up Parliament because he was Catholic, and a bunch of Catholics didn't like that. Uh, Britain isn't Catholic, so anyway, um, it's entirely ceremonial. But the yeomen probably like it because they get paid in booze, oh. as in as in port wine. And port wine is generally 19 to 20% alcohol, which is perfect for me since I won't drink anything under 13% because I don't like pointless alcohol. And it's usually served with cheese and or chocolate soap. That's all they get paid? I mean, they get paid, but I mean like... Oh, they also get to have that. For this service, their payment, this particular service, their payment is uh, booze. (laughs) Well, and, cool. and I mean, like, I'm pretty sure the yeomen live uh, in the Tower of London. Um, like, I don't know if they're paid a salary because the Tower of London is literally like a home. A They have like restaurants, food. There's like a bar in the Tower of London just for them, that kind of thing. So I don't even know if they need huh. to be paid a salary because like they're just they're set for life. You think know? they're allowed to leave? To leave? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they can't. I mean, like, there. I mean, it's there's a lot of strict stuff. I don't know. Um, watch Secrets of the Tower of London on Prime. It's not all like the whole torture, whatever. It's like actually the truth about what the Tower of London is. Oh. Anyway, this is gonna go. I gotta get going. Like, the Queen's not even there yet. We've just all right. Sure I'll try that, to be quiet. We've just made sure that Guy Fox isn't a zombie. All right, so. Also before the queen arrives, the Lord Chamberman, Chamberlain takes the vice chamberlain hostage for the entire duration of the state opening <laughs> so that no one so that no one will attack and behead the queen. <laughs> and I mean it did start because they did behead King Charles the 1st in 1649, but seriously we're still doing it. Um also in the room where the monarch puts on their ceremonial robes before this, it has Charles the First's death warrant on display to remind them what happens when the monarchy gets uppity. Huh. So then the peers in the House of Lords show up in their ridiculous robes and probably like, you know, they harumph for a while about how commoners are always late and dirty and poor. Like, whatever. And then meanwhile, the commons are in their own chamber, rolling around on the floor, banging their feet and going, I don't want to go. Why do we have to go? You're so mean and I hate you. You never let me do anything fun. And then they have to say a prayer. And I assume it's something like, God, this is stupid. Can we stop? Amen. Um, So then the Speaker of the House of Commons marches towards the commons chamber with his household, a police inspector and the mace which is a literal mace, like a medieval mace, signifying the monarch's authority. So basically like, 
basically, it's like, look, garbage people who we only allowed to exist because you whined and started a rebellion. You get yourselves over here to the house of the lords or I'm going to beat you <laughs> like the pigs you are with the queen's authority weapon. Um, and then also in 2018, MP Lloyd, Lloyd Russell Moyle walked up to where the mace hangs out during parliamentary proceedings because it has to be there in order for parliament to be able to pass laws and meet. And he just went up there, grabbed it, and was like, bye, Felicia, and walked out. It never happened in history. <laughs> and it's like you can see a clip on YouTube. They freak out. They don't know what to do. They it's get it back? back. Like, I think he puts it back. I mean, like, oh. he's not stealing it. He's just like, I'm done. We're done. I'm not talking about this anymore. And just takes the mace. <laughs> walks out. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, so when they get there uh, to the House of Commons, the police inspector yells, Hats off, strangers! Which is a really weird thing to yell. And the monarch still isn't there. But the imperial state crown has been brought in its own personal stagecoach, which is past... Um, and then the are they wearing the, hats? Is the hat wearing a hat? Oh, no, are the guards the the imperial people? I don't. Know I don't if know. There are people. Who did someone have to take their hats off? You said hats off. They to... said hats off, strangers. I don't know who the strangers are. Oh. <laughs> I think they're people hanging out outside the House of Commons, but I don't think people do that anymore. Huh. I don't know. But oh. all I know is that the crown has its own stagecoach, like it's a person. Wow. So the it, it arrives and uh, the barge master takes it and gives it to the comptroller of the Lord Chamberlain's office oh while the crown jeweler gives them the stink eye to make sure they don't drop it or anything. And then they carry that with the great sword of state and the cap of maintenance to the cap royal gallery. Cap of maintenance. Yes. And King Edward <sighs> the Seventh's town coach brings... Two more maces, which I guess Ooh. the sergeants at arms hold during the royal procession to freaking bash in the heads of anyone who steps out of line. Uh, and I guess Parliament also uses three other maces. So that's well, like we're up to seven. So um, England is into maces, uh, apparently. Um, so when the Queen finally decides to show up in her Diamond Jubilee stage coach, she enters through the Sovereign's entrance under the Victoria Tower through a line of the armed forces on either side of her procession route, the national anthem is played, which we stole and turned into My Country Tis of Thee, and the monarch put, puts on the parliamentary robe of state and imperial state crown while looking at Charles I's death warrant and being really happy she has a hostage. <laughs> uh, then the monarch goes to the House of Lords, preceded by someone carrying the cap of maintenance, which I forgot to look up, and I'm really glad I find because the cap of maintenance. Oh, so this so may someone is mm -hmm. this may be an American perspective. Mm -hmm. They ought to get rid of all of that. <laughs> like what? The they, they either have to get rid of it, or I love it so much I can't decide. <laughs> it's it's bonkers. Someone's so someone, got to be paying so, for that. You know. Oh, it's the tax. Yeah, the British people hate their monarchy. They, yeah, it's they're paying for it. Um, so someone is carrying the cap of maintenance. Someone else is carrying the sword of state, and the Lord Chamberlain is carrying, no joke, his white stick. And I white stick. don't know. Yeah, he's got a white stick. It's so you've called got a that. Sword. You have a cap 
of maintenance, a sword, and a white stick. So basically, you're going to get run through with a sword or smacked with a white stick if you do anything. Sounds like. Or they'll do maintenance on your head. Yeah. They'll put the cap of maintenance on your head, and it'll be like in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang when he does the automatic haircut machine, (laughs) and it, like, burns the guy's hair off. I don't know. So the monarch finally gets there, you know, her own good time, and tells the lords to sit down, and then she looks around and goes, like, where the hell are the dirty common people? And so the Lord (laughs) Great Chamberlain raises his wand of office like a freaking Harry Potter character (laughs) and then tells the Black Rod, who's technically titled the Gentleman or Lady Usher of the Black Rod, but they call them the Black Rod because it sounds like they're going to go execute commoners or something, tells the Black Rod to go make those losers come listen to their ruler. So the doorkeeper of the House of Lords and a police inspector go to the House of Commons, but the doorkeeper of the House of Commons sees them coming and goes, not today, Satan, and slams the door in their faces. Wait, he actually says that? I hope so. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) The black rod bangs on the door with their black rod three times, and the Commons kind of crack the door open and glare at them, and then they let them come in. And the sergeant at arms says, this is the Black Rod. Listen or I'm going to at arms all of you. So then the Black Rod says, the queen says you best show up at her speech or y'all going to regret it. Um, But no, seriously, they say, Mr. Slash Madam Speaker, the queen commands the honorable house. At which point the Black Rod bows to both sides of the house to attend Her Majesty immediately in the House of Peers. And I imagine it's said very reluctantly and with a lot of sarcasm. Is the Black the leader, Rod the person holding a Black Rod? or I assume I assume the person is holding a Black Rod. Um, and they're called they, Black Rod? And they're or called the, the Black Rod. the Black Rod? Yes. Okay. And that is my drag name? Maybe. That's somebody's porn name. Either way. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, this is a family show. Um, So then the leader of whatever party's in power makes some sort of denigrating joke about whatever mistake the queen's made recently. And the commons all laugh and and then they head out. Um, And uh, just for some background, the Black Rod has to do this because the monarch isn't allowed in the House of Commons ever since King Charles I blew into the place and tried to arrest some people. Uh, And then seven years later, they got sick of just all of his nonsense and killed him. So uh, no monarch is ever allowed in the House of Commons again. So that's why they have to go send the Black Rod, which, I mean, sounds just as bad. I don't know. Um, as the commons walk to the House of Lords, they take their time and make jokes, totally disrespecting the solemnity of the event. Uh, when they enter the House of Lords, they don't bow to the queen. Um, the Lord Chancellor approaches the queen, drops to one knee, and presents the pre-prepared speech, which is written on a goatskin vellum, because why the hell not at this point? We've already got at least six maces, and the crown has its own stagecoach. So... The Lord Chancellor then walks backward down the stairs because they're afraid turning their back on the Queen might get them maced for being disrespectful or something. And um, also probably because they just like the Ministry of Silly Walks, I'm sure. Um, the Queen then reads the most boring speech in the world and prays that the, all, that the blessing of Almighty God will direct their decisions, except she should really say that God will direct their deci- decisions since she's the Pope of England. 
Um, so she should know. Then the monarch bows to the houses and leaves, after which the houses debate the speech and each house writes its own bill that says they don't actually have to listen to anything the monarch just said. Um, and I, I am not sure at what point they released the hostage. Um, I did not see any sort of ceremonial re release of the hostage or something. Uh, so then the houses spend literally days on end coming up with a reply to the queen's speech. So they address, I guess they address each thing that she addressed or whatever. Days. Days. Um, but we have Henry VIII mostly to thank for uh, this insanity because he's the one who decided that he got to make his own church with its own traditions. And so he had decided like seven maces and, and the crown got to have its ah, own carriage. Okay. And I see. Uh, yeah, but at least we can definitely thank him for um, for uh, omitting the mass of the Holy Ghost that they used to have to do first. And uh, check out Patreon for my extensive delve <laughs> into yeah. the Tudors. All right, so hopefully... I yeah, I pared that down a lot further than I thought I would. Moving back to, moving back to the subject, which I have forgotten because oh, I've yeah. been talking. Old so uh, Stella and Fanny, the important people. I love those names. Stella and Fanny. I would watch like like a CW show where they're like vampire hunters or something. That'd I, I was thinking like a comedy duo or something. Like a um like an old timey, maybe like one of them plays Thelma. piano and the other one has a cane. Yeah, I'm thinking, like, not Thelma and Louise. What's the one where they don't, like, dive off of the Grand Canyon and kill themselves? Wayne's World. I don't remember. Sh yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I think it's Wayne's World. <laughs> I'm going to say it's that Britney Spears, com like, road trip movie. Crossroads? I don't know. I... What? Oh, my... You know the name of the Britney Spears. Yes, because everyone's always movie. getting it confused. There's this really stupid other movie called Crossroads where um, uh, the Karate Kid fights Steve Vai in this guitar battle where Steve Vai is the guitar or the devil's guitarist and he's he's uh, like wins souls for the devil or whatever. And so I'm always talking about that movie Crossroads. And then people are like, you talking about Britney Spears? And so that's why I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I've never seen it. Are you sure your version is not a fever dream? No, I've seen it a couple times. Oh, cool. Yeah. Someone should make a remake of them both where they combine them both. It's, and... it's not good enough to be a fever dream. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I listened to a Time Suck episode on uh, the Mandela Effect today. I love the Mandela Effect. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. It's, okay, I'm glad we, that we the Mandela... Okay, we to go on, though. We're at 27. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> We're almost there. Okay. okay, so Stella and Fanny, along with a man named Hugh Alexander Mundell and two other unnamed men, met to attend a performance at the Strand Theater in a private box. Um, they had been unknowingly followed by police and were arrested during the performance because the police are apparently just the worst. I mean, oh my gosh, you, I'm telling you, you interrupt one, if you interrupt my monologue just to arrest someone for wearing girl clothes, I will jump off that stage, take you out. Not even joking. Don't mess with me when I'm on stage. 
So <laughs> don't right. mess with my queer family while I'm on stage. Oh, dog. You know how much Klonopin I'm on up there? I'll just... No. <laughs> nothing hold me back. So <laughs> that made she'll, me angry. She'll uh, come to in a cell, but I have no yeah. recollection of what happened. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> trying to pin the next gunpowder. You stab three me. people with a beer bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even drink beer. What are you talking about? So, um, yeah, they were arrested during the performance. The two unnamed men escaped, and that's why I don't know who they are. Uh, but the police needed something really scandalous and illegal to charge the three men who got caught with, um. Because, like, the atmosphere of London at the time, before then, it had been, like, kind of pretty liberal, you know, like, not liberal, but it was like, I'm not going to super kill you if you're gay. And, like, super kill you, you know, you can, you can, like, wear clothes, whatever. But then, like, but then, like, Paris became, like, this, this, di- like, this denizen or whatever the word is, like, this horrible place for all the homos to go to and be all homo and art and oh and so england in general is terrified because england is generally terrified of the french at all stages of their history oh so it just Um, became a propaganda tool basically they Mm, really they were um stella and fanny were really well known and so they wanted to make an example um and so but they couldn't really make an example um with the drag because it was um a misdemeanor to try to pass oneself off as a woman but um i would object to that being used to describe what drag queens are doing kind of you know yeah like that would depend on how fair of a judge you could get i think and it would depend on like clear on like you know I mean, you'd have to have witnesses who could say, I didn't think they were impersonating a woman or whatever. And I don't know why that's a misdemeanor. Like, what on earth? Um, But so then what happened was the three men who were arrested were subjected to horrific examinations by police doctors, jail doctors, and and basically any other doctors they could find to humiliate and basically rape the two men in order to see if they'd ever had anal sex. So, like, what? checking to see if there would ever been any kind of penetration. And then that way they could charge them with sodomy, Ugh. which would be like, whoa, you know, blow up in the press and everything. Like, you know, so. And um, so they were arrested the night of April 28th and officially charged with sodomy on the 29th. They had to appear before the magistrate um, and say not guilty. They wouldn't let them change out of their drag clothes for it. So they had to wear the same clothes they'd been wearing all night. And then when they left to go to the jail, I don't know if they keep you in, I don't know, what's the Old Bailey for? I don't know. Tower of London, wherever they keep people these days. Uh, So the press is all out there, the, you know, throngs of people who are like, what is happening? They're all out there watching this happen. And, you know, they don't have like... They didn't have the choice, obviously, to change into whatever clothes they would have preferred to be seen in as they are walked out of, you know, their bail bond setting, whatever that thing's called. So, you know, basically just force them to be in women's clothing in in that situation to humiliate them. Um, Let's see, where was I? After two trials in which both the prosecution and defense produced doctors to contest 
The sodomy findings, both of the men were finally acquitted after only 53 minutes of jury deliberation. And while it's great that they were acquitted, the presence of all those doctors means that they were certainly examined terribly multiple times, both by the authorities and their own defense team. Um, but I guess one positive, possibly, outcome of the trial was that the prosecution was not able to prove that dressing as a woman was a crime. So like I said, per not even impersonating, personating a woman was a misdemeanor, but the prosecution couldn't prove that they were actually attempting to masquerade as a woman. So that made it, like, easier for the drag community to not be harassed or have fear of being arrested for wearing, you know, drag out in public because you're not impersonating a woman in, in, a, in order to pass as a woman, I guess, kind of, you know? And I mean, like, again, this is a situation where, like, I'm not going to put labels on people who are dead and whose friends yeah. are all clearly like, no, they're they're gay and they're drag queens. They're not transgender. You know, I'm not going to go back and put labels on people. So nope. that was um, the story of Stella and Fanny and the insanity that is the opening of Parliament. Fun, fun, fun. Someday when I have a crown, it's going to have its own carriage. Yeah, someday, cat. It's going to be made <laughs> out of diamonds, but not blood diamonds. The whole coach? Yes. Nice. Somehow. And the windows are going to be Tiffany. I'm excited for space diamonds whenever that becomes a thing. Like, or if we can start mining asteroids. Can you imagine, like, how many cool new metals we might have or... Is there anyone Rocks. building like a like an asteroid mining company? Because I'll um, jump, on, well, I'll they jump got, on that. They got a bunch of jump like uh, you know plans it. to try to. Who knows? Is if it that's... Tesla who's who's getting close? Is he yeah, I mean, well, you would have to move or land a rocket on a moving asteroid, you know, or I mean, they did it in Armageddon. That's true. A Hollywood <laughs> I think movie Bruce did Willis do it. Can do it. I think if Bruce Willis could do it and he had to deal with Luke Wilson at the same time, I think he could I think we could do it. Wait, it wasn't Luke Wilson. It was It wasn't? It was It was someone awful like it him. was uh Oh, Matthew, no. It's like a Matthew McConaughey. Uh, oh, what is the... the the nose. Yeah. Right? The um... pinchy nose from Zoolander. I don't know. Nathan. Nathan. I thought you Who's said, hey, Ben. the guy hey, with ben. the pinchy nose from Zoolander? She's just screaming out of the He doesn't know. Now. Well, <laughs> there you have it, <laughs> folks. Right from the source. He's a Wilson, right? I don't think He's so. A... Um, However, though, since we're at the 35-minute part, I'm going to go into my thing here. You guys All should right, stick around. Before you go for... into your thing, oh. before you go into your thing, we got to remind everyone... That afterward, the unicorn, we have a unicorn that likes to have a word with them, and the unicorn That's is what I quite, was saying. I was getting there. She's quite tired of being ignored, so I just wanted to give her a voice. All right. Just so you stick can around for the unicorn. Yeah. If you'd like to like us, we'd like you a lot. Come check us out on Queer All Year. Uh, that's the name of our Facebook page, <laughs> Queer All Year. 
the real original. You can also join our Facebook group, which is called the Queer All Year Mafia. Mafia. And Owen Wilson. Oh, okay, that'll be fun to edit there. Yeah, sorry. It just came to me. I didn't think he was in that movie. <laughs> nope, I just looked it up. Owen Wilson. He won an Oscar. Or no, he played Oscar. I was like, he won an Oscar? No, he didn't. No, he played Oscar. You, um, on Twitter or Instagram, we are Queer All Year Pod. Um, to go, all right, go to patreon.com slash queer all year. That's where we have bonus episodes. We have one on, or there's at least a couple British ones that are themed a lot on the episode we had today for more in-depth stuff on that. It's on our and, second tier sorry. there. Um, also on Patreon, we have... Uh, our ringtone, we have bloopers, we have videos, and those bonus episodes. Patreon.com slash queer have, all year. We also have a new little like side podcast type thing we're doing out there where we go on uh social distancing walks. Oh yeah. And we put my phone on our on my selfie stick and then we stretch that all out. <laughs> and so then like we're on either side of the selfie stick. And generally, I'm telling McGee ghost stories or... Yeah, we need to you know, finish that last things. one. We had one we where we were in front of our fire. We had a little fire going. It was the first fire of the year. That was Ro- that was Robert the doll where Robert was not happy with my computer. And um, Oh, yeah, that was creepy as hang on. Yeah. You guys should... I'm going to make sure that gets posted soon. We might have um, to post that like like on the regular feed. Yeah. Just to show people like what they can you. expect from Patreon and what the hell happened. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was so cool. I've known about Robert the Doll since I was in high school. And so for that to happen now that I'm 31, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. I'm so happy about it. Ah. I told my I told the a paranormal chicks facebook group about it and uh-huh. they were all terrified it i was like i'm it, <laughs> I it was legitimately it. crazy or not you know not it was insane it was when suspicious. i got back home <laughs> when i got back home and i plugged in my computer like i was like oh god it's gonna happen like it's dead robert killed it i'm gonna have to like get the battery back up 80 percent as soon as i plugged it in <laughs> like he mm. yeah it uh... like you gotta robert, uh, you gotta honey, listen to the episode to to um find out more yeah you gotta listen to it how can right people now you have to go listen to it on patreon how, how can people rate us how can they rate us they yeah. can rate us with five stars where they can rate us is everywhere um apple podcast is uh the best right now that is not that is not us being apple loyal even though every single thing that you is around us is apple um that is a coincidence that we were apple before it was cool we were into <laughs> apple in like 96 7 we were into or dad apple. was into it in the i don't know in the company that it was before that or something like he's we were up. into apple in the time period when the person ran into the room and threw a computer at a big screen tv and it exploded yeah in a commercial before no that. one gets that <laughs> but anyway kind of dumb okay yeah we got to sign off we got to get out of here yeah. tell us about the so unicorn. uh yeah rate us there tell people Spotify about us because well. I, I keep hearing that um word of mouth is the best way uh i just word of mouthed our podcast to tom averill today who is an <laughs> english professor and so you uh, better be listening uh, now 
lovely published author who lives next door and is a wonderful supporter of the queer community. And I adore him and we all adore him. And so welcome to the podcast because I'm sure you're listening. I have hope in my heart. So the unicorn also has hope in its heart. Would you like to hear what the unicorn has to say? Jaman. I sure would, but I closed my document. So, oh, documents. It's a pad on your wall. Well, I, but I write it in the document so I don't have to accidentally. Oh. You, you know what I mean to say? All right. So Wednesday, April 29th. Be honest with you. No. Be honest with you. Hmm. The 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 unicorn seems to think that we are holding inside ourselves some things that we are not being honest about. Just like several of the past ones have been very know like, thyself type. Know thing. thyself, don't hold a false truth, you know. Yeah. That kind of thing. Hmm. Unicorn gives you a lot to think about. This is true. It's a lot deeper I, than I than I thought it would be. Yeah. Huh. Um, yeah. Well, be honest with you. Yeah, be honest with you. You need a trip to Colorado? I mean, you're not going to get one, but like be honest about it cuz I had to do that today. I want a trip. I want a trip to Colorado or I'm going to die. I had and I, it, oh, I'd I finally love to had be to say it out loud. Right now. Be great. I had to say it out loud finally because it's not going to happen and if I say it out loud then it'll go away and I'll feel better. Um, All right, then. Or, yeah. <laughs> so, if you need to say something to make it go away, to make you feel better, that is one option. You know, I will also post a separate video on the Facebook of, of this really ridiculous anti-anxiety um, activity exercise my therapist taught me. So, if you have, you know locked in anxiety um i will post it and you can watch me be an idiot and you can try it out for yourselves so if you have anxiety you are there are so many ways to get through it just do whatever makes you feel happy that isn't like getting your nails done oh and and if you are doing well in this quarantine time then i am envious and i adore you Uh, exactly as much as I adore everyone else. And remember, right where you are is exactly where the universe wants you to be.